podcast. Movie, movie, 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 podcast. Are you getting this? We finally comprehend our sexual desires for that nurse. Welcome to the Movie, Movie, Podcast, everybody. Episode number 119. I'm your host, Tiggs, and with me to talk about it's weird that it's 2020 we're about to talk about 2011 with me to get in this time machine that's the time machine noise is russ and yo this this episode is free just like all the other ones (laughs) y'all peter oh what was going on in 2011 (laughs) to alex uh your favorite 90s boy all right that that tracks Uh, that's pretty good all right we are here. We are about to... So, for those of you who have been with us since the beginning, you know that this podcast started in 2012, which means that there are dozens of years of movies that we never got to talk about. So, this, this podcast <laughs> can go on for forever. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Listen, we don't have an improv show anymore. We've got a lot of time. Exactly. <laughs> we Instead of doing an improv show, we could do a podcast. We used to do a podcast at the end of our improv show for Resident Evil that one Ooh. time. Um, and the Bourne Supremacy? No, Did... I thought it was uh, the Bourne Legacy. Oh, that's it. Is there a difference? Yes. I couldn't tell you Jer- what it was. Jeremy Renner. Oh, we did the Renner one? All right, very good. Well, I wonder if we'll hear about Renner at all (laughs) in this 2011 movie podcast right now. But we will find out. So, we do a round robin here. I think that it makes sense for... uh, Should we do 432 for each one of us going in a round? Give an honorable mention? Yeah. Okay. So, that's how we're going to do it. It has been decided. Russ said yes. We're moving on. Starting now. And I want to hear from Russ. Russ, what's Ooh. your four, three, and number two? Okay. So, uh, my four is a little film for men called Warrior. Ooh. Um, so, if you listen to last week's cast, I talked about Jungle Land and how yep. uh, there's this thing in movies uh, that are emotional for men that, like, that we can only cry or emote if someone's getting the shit kicked out of them or if it's a sport. Rudy. And I think the Rudy effect. Warrior. Yeah, yeah. Um, despite that guy sucking. Um, <laughs> but I think Warrior, as directed by Gavin O'Connor, is the height of, of men caring about have, having feelings uh, in, a, in a sports movie. It is Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton playing brothers that get into an MMA competition. I don't want to sell the movie short, but it's Nick Nolte at his drunk best. Nice. Uh, it, it just is a really good movie about family and men and why we can't actually cry. Um, but it's just it not doing anything you haven't, you've never seen before. It's just doing that thing you've seen a lot really, really well. And if you're somebody who likes the national, uh, they're <laughs> yeah. a really excellent version of about today at the end of this movie. Really sad song. It's a movie for national boys. If you're a national boy or girl, this movie's for you. Uh, absolutely loved it. I think everyone should watch it if they want to feel some feelings and don't know how to talk about their feelings. Yeah, so that's my this was the, Whose trailer 
in like two minutes, you're like, oh, I understand this entire film story in two minutes. And it seems pretty dumb. But over two hours, you're like, I love this movie's story. <laughs> it, it really is dumb. I, it's just dumb that it works. But yeah. it really does work. Um, but yeah, it, it just it scratches an itch that I uh, enjoy. That I really am into. Uh, so a little over two hours. So you got to be patient. Just like my next movie, number three. Uh, a little very long film I like to call Melancholia. Nice. Um, if there's another thing you've learned about me over the last eight years, it's that I'm going to see a Lars von Trier movie, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to like it. Yep. Um, that being said, I think Melancholia is, at least in, within the last 10 or 11 years, uh, his only actually good movie. I like a lot of his movies, <laughs> and I've aware of the fact that they're not good. You're, you're correct on that, Russ. Yep. Yeah. Melancholia, however, is good. Um, it's just, it's, it's basically about two sisters that just have a really bad relationship. And you're watching Charlotte Gainsbourg and Kirsten Dunst, who I can't imagine a world where they are actually sisters, but in this movie they are. Um, <laughs> that is the weird part about it. Yeah, uh, but you're you're watching uh, Kirsten Dunst like basically kind of go a little bit crazy and be okay with it, uh, and you're also watching the end of the world happen in such a not fancy or fun way. It just kind of happens. Uh, but no, the the movie it, it it's really excellent, and it's the first time that I realized like Kirsten Dunst can actually act if you give her shit. Yeah. Mm. Uh, She's done some TV since. That's really good. Like her season of uh, Fargo and her great. Uh, oh, yeah. canceled Showtime show on Becoming a God in Central Florida, which I highly recommend. <laughs> but she's excellent in this movie. And I think it's like a great combination of drama and sci-fi. And uh, Lars von Trier actually talking, having something to say. Yeah. As opposed to just kind of being a guy who's trying to uh, shock you. Yeah, this was, um, this is one of the movies that I I, I rewatched a bunch for this 2011 cast, and this is one of the ones that I did, and it, and it ended up narrowly getting cut um, from my list by the end. But uh, yeah, I I remember not caring too much for it when it came out, and liking it a lot more this time, and just like all the crazy family drama that goes into this movie. Um, yeah, I think it's like a sign that maybe like maybe he works better uh, when he does something smaller now it's weird to say the end of the world is a small uh story but it, within the confines of this movie it is because it, it's really more just about just a lady who can't be happy even though she's you know supposed to be it's her freaking wedding right yeah it, um, it, it is very much like this wedding movie and like there's the end of the world coming and how and just like all the things around it and people just being just like, nah, it's fine. There's, that's not, it's getting further away. Melancholy is, it's not. Look here, just sit here with this thing around your chest and see that it doesn't get any bigger. Let's talk about this horse. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, highly recommended. Probably, almost, no, almost definitely the easiest Lars von Trier to get into. Oh, yeah. It is his most accessible film and it's really not that close. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Um... And I guess there's a little bit of a trend to my list, but coming in at number two, 
the most accessible film from Nicholas Winding Refn, and <laughs> it is Drive. Um, you know, Drive's just real good. There's not a whole lot I can say about Drive that hasn't been said a lot. Um, but this is a movie that I saw in the advanced screening, absolutely uh, enjo- enjoyed it, loved it. Uh, got through the backlash of it where people were like, I don't know, is this movie even really all that good? And have come out the other end, and the answer is yes, it is really that good. Um, it's probably one of the best, it is the best role, If it's probably one of the best roles Ryan Gosling's had. I think Carrie Mulligan is excellent, and Oscar Isaac in a small role uh, kind of showed you right off the bat, like, oh, that's a guy that I'll watch him like do anything. Yep, He's He's that captivating. And then Albert Brooks doing something we've never seen him do. Oh, uh, so this he's movie just so has a ton of excellent performances. And it, it's, 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 it's nothing all that new. They're not breaking any new ground here. It's a lot of strong, silent type uh, movie making. But the, it, it just has, it's so sure of itself. And it's just a cool ass movie. And uh, the soundtrack's awesome. It, it there's nothing that I can really find to fault this movie. It's it's so good that the director decided that he I can never make anything that good again, and has just <laughs> made a bunch of nonsense. Oh my god! Time. Because he's just so frustrated with how many people like this movie, and I don't I don't well, know. I kind of understand that feeling a little bit. You um, you're a I bit of a an apologist sometimes for Mr. Winding Refn. <laughs> yeah, I get I get where he's coming from. It's like, yeah, this loser likes my shit. Fuck that. I'm going to make some dumb shit. So I get it. <laughs> I didn't think The Neon Demon was a terrible movie, and it's a terrible Ooh. movie. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think Only God Forgives was a terrible movie, and it's a Ooh. terrible movie. <laughs> if anyone has seen his terrible show, too old to die young. It's terrible, but <laughs> I watch it. Uh, the guy just—I wish—I wish he could find his his happiness because it feels like every movie he's making, he's just angry that he has to make it because he made something that was universally loved, and he doesn't want to do that again. Or maybe he's afraid to. I don't know. But I'd love to have a conversation with this dude. Uh, Drive is a great movie. Uh, fight me. I don't think anyone's going to fight you here. Um, no. Russ, who do you want to go next? Uh, you know what? You know what? I want to hear from Peter. Uh, as okay, as Russ started off with number four for a movie for boys, I'm going to start off with a movie for ladies. Um, I hate myself. Um, uh, number four for me is Bridesmaids. Nice. Nice. Uh, a movie that I think sadly could have been a wonderful changing point for comedy and instead was just copied to death mm-hmm. uh when we got like bad moms and what was bad the, mom's christmas bad, bad, bad mom's christmas there was like four, four movies that came out of this and then it took forever for a movie to just spiritually kind of be kind of take what this did and when what, what eight nine years later for a girl's trip yeah. it just took for for anyone to learn an interesting lesson. And the only thing that this movie gave us for a couple of years was Melissa McCarthy. But sadly, Melissa McCarthy brought her husband along and everything they do together is terrible. Um, yeah. I just realized he's directed like three or four of her movies that are dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. 
But in sense, like it would, it's kind of a bummer looking back on this because uh, Kristen Wiig went to try to do drama, I think, a little too quickly. Uh, no one has given Maya Rudolph anything, which is insane because she's fantastic. And it's and it's just oh. kind of like a weird, a weird forgotten legacy of this film. That is, Hubie Halloween would like a word with you about Maya Rudolph. You have nothing to do. But she's so funny. Anything she does, she's hilarious. And it's and it's a bummer that she was like number two in one of the biggest movies of this year. I think you're bringing up a good point about Bridesmaids. It's like everyone seemed to learn the wrong lessons from that movie, and that movie was truly an ensemble. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't Melissa McCarthy's movie. She had, like, she had her moments, and when she had them, she swung for like she hit it out of the park. But the movie was well balanced, and it, it's not like they they make it out like it's like a, a like she was the movie. She's not like that movie was really was truly that ensemble piece, and then she kind of went on to have the those like starring roles and those two handers, and there was real and no one else really from the from the original film really got that. Kristen Wiig's gotten some roles, but to your point, she went the the drama route, so. Yeah, it really, it's it's crazy that Girls Trip and Bridesmaids are so far apart by years, but they don't feel that way when you, and unless you really think about it. Yeah. They yeah. they both kind of do that exact same thing really, really well. But yeah, no, you, you, Bridesmaids, it was on my initial top ten. Same. Just didn't make my top five, my top four. Yeah. Same. same. Great movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. After that, I go to The Guard. Um John Michael McDonough's The Guard with uh, Brendan Gleeson and Don Cheadle. Just the great brand of black comedy that just tickles me in this very fun way. Um, it's got some like really fantastic sequences to it. I remember most the – because Tarek kind of told us about this movie for the first time. I remember yeah. at one practice. There's a very funny scene that uh, – what's uh, Mark Strong – is paying off the cops and the cops are like, do we need to count this? And he's like, why the hell would I do that? This is, this is the pay. This is the part in which I pay you to ignore me. What does it benefit me to not give you all of the money? <laughs> like how stupid is that? And it's, I think it just like, it, it, it allows itself to, to make fun of, uh, crime movies while Brendan Gleeson's just being like this, like gross, seemingly incompetent and yes, and yet very competent, uh, small town Irish cop. Um, and as I said, it's the type of black comedy that just completely works for me. Uh, I rewatched it and it's a delight. Is anyone, has anyone seen this? I, I don't think I've seen it. I do remember you talking about it, but yeah. I, did, I haven't got, I never got around to it. It works. Yeah. And it, um, and then they, what, uh, the writer director and Brendan Gleeson followed this up with, uh, cavalry a couple years later, which is also equally a fantastic, um, and then number two, a movie that I was, I had to rewatch cause I was like, is this movie really great? Um, and it is, and it slots at number two for me, uh, is Moneyball. Oh, nice. Uh, this never movie. Seen oh, it's so good. And it, it, it's right up my alley in terms of like, it baseball. is pretty quiet. It's yeah, it's about baseball, but it's pretty dang quiet. And they really make sure that any of the interesting action is not something that's happening on the field. And if something, when they do go to on the field, it's immediately, they go right back to Brad Pitt and he goes right back to work on something else. And it's, it's wonderfully paced. It's one. And I think it's 
got to be Brad Pitt's best performance. Maybe until you get to uh, this year, and you can argue about Ad Astra versus Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, or, or I guess last that's last year. Um, but it completely works for me. Um, maybe at times, maybe a tiny bit overdirected because it's a, a guy who really hasn't done that much. But I think it's absolutely fantastic, and it's definitely a Sorkin script that doesn't super feel like a Sorkin script and really works. Nice, even though it's mostly just talk. Um, but I absolutely love it, um, and that's my four three two. Uh, has did did uh, anyone has anyone seen Moneyball since twenty eleven? No, I've not seen Moneyball the since ever. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, I would give it a rewatch. It's on Netflix currently. Uh, I can't uh, rewatch I, it if I've never seen it. <laughs> give it a watch. It's on there Netflix currently. <laughs> um, Alex, why don't you tell us about your four three two? Wonderful. You know, this was actually uh, a challenge for me because unlike the last like four years, I had like forty movies to go through this time. <laughs> a lot of which I had seen and really liked. Um, but I want to start off with. Um, the uh, a little movie called Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Oh. Um, you know, it's, man, again, just such a... I feel like a lot of these movies for me, they're all very differently stylish. And uh, this just kind of nails the, like, paranoid Cold War British spy thriller. I never read the book. There was an original movie it's, it's a based book. on? It's a book. A book. Yeah. Um, never... T- won't touch it. <laughs> Um, but just an awesome uh, ensemble cast of this uh, with Gary Oldman and um, I rewatched parts of it but not the whole thing and I was like yeah this is really good it's I remember just it's it's just well put together and crafted not in a way uh, in a way I didn't really get to see again in the mystery until Knives Out ooh okay Um, and yeah if you like 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 a real spy movie this is one to go for like spy, like uh, movie spy. Spy, like movie. exactly. Yeah, All right, perfect. Yeah. Uh, this, number three, this is the movie that I identify most with uh, that clip from The Simpsons when Homer's watching um, Twin Peaks. Oh yeah, I have, no like, going going I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> but but you feel like at the end you're like you feel smart. <laughs> uh, number three. Um, this is a follow-up from a, uh, a writer that I hated their first thing, and then uh, loved uh, this later on, is Young Adult. I never saw this. Oh, oh, that was good. I need to watch it list. You know, it's uh, Diablo Cody written, Jason Reitman directed, um, Charlize Theron is like a, hor- a horrible, washed-up writer coming back to her hometown. Um, just a, a terrible person because of you know her, her belief that she was so much better uh than everyone else there and um kind of starts a friendship up again with uh pat oswalt uh, who's really great in this um yeah this is just like this kind of takes the the best parts of the loathsome aspects of the diablo cody strip and uses it the best way possible by making someone just like kind of a terrible annoying person um in a really great way uh this is one of my favorite uh, Charlie's um, performances. Uh, yeah. Nice. Um, and then number two, I think we're probably going to end up seeing this one uh, in this spot. Uh, it's Drive. Um, yeah. This movie's cool. <laughs> and like, yeah. it's yep. still cool. Like, I hate, I hate that it is. 
but like <laughs> this movie just like it nails the whole like guys want to be them and women want them type thing. Like Brian Gosling's cool in this. The soundtrack's cool. Uh, it's shot cool. Uh, yeah, this movie's cool. There it is. <laughs> the definition of cool. Uh, yeah, no, it is. And it's so trite, but um, I still like it. Uh, all right, Tiggs, what about you? All right. Coming in at number four, I've got Drive. Angry, starring Nicolas Cage. Yes. Um, <laughs> escaping from hell to save his daughter from a cult or his, or his like granddaughter or whatever. This movie is nuts, bonkers, and yeah. awesome. Yeah, like from five, five minutes in, this that movie is fucking That movie is great. Yes. Uh, it, like the... The sex fighting scene or whatever, like yeah, that, where he's like shooting. Yeah, not as good as that. the shoot as it happens in shoot 'em up, but like it, the second best one for sure. Um, well, uh, William <laughs> Fishner as the accountant is yeah. amazing in this. Um, just everything about this movie is just like this. This is just a fun movie. Uh, you can just throw it on and watch it again. It just starts with him like escaping from hell. Um, and then it goes from there, and that's that's if that's where you start the bar. You gotta like keep topping it, and they do. And Nicholas Cage just nails this as 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 cagey as he is, and he's subdued compared to like most cageness. You know, um, it's fantastic. If if you're looking for like a like a dumb hour and a half uh, crazy uh, action movie, this is the one from this year. Oddly, it's on Peacock. <laughs> you're kidding. <laughs> That's that, yeah, that thumbs up, Peacock. That, Peacock. that tracks, that tracks. Um, yeah. number three, uh, number three on the list is Attack the Block, um, yeah. which, uh, oh, just like fantastic. Um, everyone in this, all the kids are, it's an incredibly well done alien invasion movie with fantastic performances all around. Um, like you you see like it's you know the these kids in like uh who are uh like uh, kind of in a gang but not really uh but they want to be for the most part um and like uh, how they're just as terrified as like anyone else is at this point but they're also like what when they all grab the weapons like we got to go out and get after these uh, uh the aliens that are here it's just like all right well i'll just get this baseball bat i'll get this that like all these just everything that would be kind of around the house and um, the, the tension throughout is great. Uh, the aliens aren't the actual enemy. It's the, it's uh, like the, the leader of the actual gang. Who's the only person who ever uses a gun in the movie. Um, they're the two kids, like the two, like really small children who are hysterical on this when they like douse one of the aliens and then light it on fire. Um, I, as I feel like this was incredibly low budget and it does so much with so little that it's, it's amazing. Um, highly recommend, highly recommend. Um, and number two is a movie that we talked about this year at some point. I forget who watched it. Um, but Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. Um, oh, that was in my top 10. Yeah. Which is just, yeah. uh, fantastic. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen, you know, this is, I guess, the second cult movie that I have on here. Um, but Escape from a Cult, and then all you know, c- constantly looking over her shoulder for the rest of her life, whether there is really a threat there or not. Um, and the way that it makes the viewer 
feel that paranoia along with her and, and along with everything she's with is is like is just incredibly well done. But that's all I got for now. So it's time for some honorable mentions. And we started with Russ last time. Let's start with Russ this time. All right, cool. My uh, honorable mention is a little film called Like Crazy. Um, the, little, the wickedly talented. Like Crazy. Uh, Star Felicity Jones and our uh, unfortunately departed Anton Yelchin. Who, when you watch this movie, you realize, God, this this guy had a lot left in the tank uh, as, as far as like movies to make and roles that were that he was good in. Anyway, uh, like crazy is just like a one of those good uh, downery sort of romantic dramas, just about you know two people who clearly uh, love each other and have feelings for each other, but just how life certain circumstance and in. Uh, the case of this film, visas get in the way. Um, and just how sometimes even like working to make things work actually just exacerbates the why things won't work. I don't know. It's just a really uh, interesting movie that's just very, very real. It's one of the, the few movies where like the interactions between uh, this couple just feel like things that actually happen in real life and not things that happen in movies. Um, it, it, yeah, it's just a really, really good small film that I don't think got enough credit when it came out, but it's, the performances are, are just excellent and it's, it's really, really good and, uh, a little depressing, but, um, that's how I like them. (laughs) And I'm going to throw it back to Tiggs. Tell us your honorable mention. My honorable mention has been mentioned a couple of times already, and that is Drive. Period. No angry afterwards. Um, (laughs) Everything that everyone said about it is totally correct. This is one that I rewatched for the podcast because I hadn't seen it in so long. And this movie is just like oozing with style, oozing with with cool, um, and it's just... Like, it's incredibly fun to watch at the same time as it's incredibly difficult to watch. Um, Fantastic performances all around. You you know, uh, Ryan Gosling, um, who has, what, like, 80 words said the entire movie. Uh, Yeah. Really just, just like, a a great job. Brian Cranston also is just, like, the fast-talking guy who owns the garage. uh, Plays an incredible role. Um, uh, This is, if you haven't seen Drive... You, you owe it yourself to 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 see drive and just kind of like experience experience all the heat um that happens underneath the engine underneath the hood alex give me your give me yours before i keep going on <laughs> i know I didn't, I didn't want to derail that train um it just felt like tiggs was just reading the back of the dvd and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh attack the block nice. is my honorable mention uh everything you said tiggs it's great um yeah, uh, Peter, what's yours? Wait, what? Me? Yep. Yeah. There's oh, a I'm sorry, is someone's landline ringing? I'm at my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of fun for a landline to be ringing if we're talking. If No, I'm sorry, I forgot. We're in the year 2011 right yes. now. My bad. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of bouncing back and forth between two, but they're basically the same. They don't exactly crack that high on my list because they're the same movie. 
um, and have the same issues. Uh, so I'm just going to say them both. Uh, everyone can eat my shit if they have a problem with that. Um, Mission Impossible Gro- Ghost Protocol. Gross Protocol. Gross Protocol. <laughs> Mission Impossible Gross Point Blank a call. Um, uh, the fourth Mission Impossible movie and The Adventures of Tintin. Um, these are both movies that completely blow their load early mm-hmm. and then scramble to figure out what the final sequence is going to be. And the final sequences are pretty uninteresting. I, I rewatched Ghost Protocol for this to see if it would make the top five. And and it, and it it's basically my number six at this point. Um, yeah. Like, like go, go, once they get amazing. to the, the, the hotel. The dust scene, I don't care about that movie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. A hundred percent. And it's, it's like, that it's amazing that that movie felt like such a reinvention of what the Mission Impossible movies are, and yet every single one after that kind of goes along with what it is, but it completely feels new and different. Yep. And bigger, this but yeah, that movie Brad had Bird a hard one, right? I'm sorry. Yeah. This is the first Brad Bird one. That's the Brad Bird one. Yeah. And then, so it's as you said, like it's the after the building, you don't really give a shit about that movie, and it's the same thing if for Tintin, um, the tank chase down the sort of hill um in that like i i can't remember further in like some mediterranean city is incredible action movie filmmaking and granted it's um animation but it's spielberg being like if this is animation i can make a 15 minute action sequence that doesn't have a cut in it right and it's i would highly suggest watching that sequence uh, in isolation, if you don't want to watch the whole movie, it is incredible. But then after that, like the final action set piece is kind of like, I, I don't really care. You 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 got me already. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, so the, both those movies, have, both those movies have the same problem, but they are still fantastic in my book. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number ones. Number ones. Peter, choose who goes first. Uh, I mean, let's let's keep the the train a moving and just go and do what we did before, and that's have Alex tell us his number one. Uh, okay. So. My number one, uh, who knows if this would have actually been number one in 2011, but it should have been. It's the one I've seen dozens of times since then. Uh, it's going to be Fast Five. Um, this movie's perfect. Uh, I don't care. Um, it's crack open a Corona, um, sit back with your family, and have The Rock just completely rejuvenate one of the greatest film cinema franchises of all time. I wonder what not much of us saying anything means. <laughs> so we've all said it at the same time. <laughs> I, oh, it's that's, not my number one. Should I start talking? This, it's not my number one. Should I be the only other person that talks about it? <laughs> I don't want to play my hand, but I think you should talk if it's not your number one. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll, we'll hold off on more Fast Five talk because it's not my number one. My number one, uh, though I won't say a lot because it's been mentioned a lot, is Attack the Block. Nice. Um, this is because this is a movie in which I don't think I have referenced a film more in the last nine years to be like, you know what? This really gave me blank vibes or it's kind of it's like the same. It's like, oh, it's really going for a Attack the Block feel. Like, I feel like I say the title of this film when complimenting other movies more than any other movie in the last nine years. Yeah, for sure. Um, because it has that vibe that I love. It has those, like that actual children in peril feel yep. that got reinvigorated. What's that's kind of like that in the sense that like, you know, kids movies or even PG 13 movies, like 
you never ever felt like a kid could get hurt by the end of those. And that was something that we grew up with watching movies from the 80s and early 90s. Like you could have felt like one of the kids could have died at some point. Yeah. And in this movie, they do. And I think that's kind of like what people globbed on so much, I think, is the true throwback feeling of the show like Stranger Things Mm -hmm. is the feeling of actual peril for the younger characters that got lost in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, I'll I'll say and, I rewatched yeah, I, this for the podcast, and I know I already talked about it, but whatever. Uh, but immediately after watching this, I watched Super Eight, um, and I was and it is Super Eight is missing that, like it, it feels yeah. like at times, but then it it never really capitalizes on it where Attack the Block does. Yeah, um, as I said, I this is this is like a weird, like just point of reference for me for movies now. I want movies to be more Attack the Block. I want them to feel that way. Um, and I, I absolutely, positively love it. I think it's incredible. Who's tipping their hand for their number ones? <laughs> Is it, or should I just be writing Fast Five two more times? Well, you can definitely write it for me. I'll tell you that much right now. Because <laughs> as Alex this this movie, yeah, exactly. This movie is basically perfect fight me. Like that's yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's where this um, this kind of lands out. The I, I feel like uh as like reinvigorating the series after like and i know that four was kind of was kind of that but it, it was it, like a soft reboot yeah, yeah exactly but then but five brought it to another level to to where it is now it it did what mission impossible ghost protocol basically did for the rest of the mission impossible series um it, to to bring it like bigger crazier uh, and, and while still being grounded for the most part in five, um, but not really, uh, to, to the point where you're like, eh, this could probably happen. Um, and to where like now when you see it, it's just like, no, this is just fantastical. Um, and I still love it. Um, and fantastic. Yes. And fa- fantastic. all. um, yeah, I would say for, for at, on a rewatch, what five does so much is that it makes you think four was a steaming pile of shit. Yes. Or that five invented way more that this series became but on a rewatch i watched them all again this summer four actually does really start to break into the really broken reality that these move that five lives in yeah yeah um like i for i completely forgot in four the scene of dumb uh driving well timing the the spinning oil tanker that's coming at him oh and yeah timing when under it like that stuff does peer its head in four, but I think five is so much more of that that we forget that four started it. Much like Fallout and other Mission Impossibles make you forget that Ghost Protocol was doing all that stuff yeah. first. There's also that really great scene in four where he uh, diagnoses the crime scene just because he's so <laughs> good at cars. He can tell how someone is killed in a car. And then it comes <laughs> to find out he didn't even do that well because she was alive. Oh, that's true. He's like, listen, anytime you see tracks like that, you know somebody got murdered. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, Uh, whatever. It's my number one, too. Fast Five's the greatest (laughs) movie ever. uh, It's also, it's Avengers before Avengers. Yep. It, they, it, they, it takes all the characters from all the other movies and in move and, and movies that most people didn't like and end up somehow all gelling together. Like this movie shouldn't work. Nope. No. And, it, and it, and it does on every conceivable level. 
And it's, it's a litmus test movie for me. It's like, listen, I understand you may not like action movies or, or movies like this at all, but, or any fast movie, but if you don't like fast five, we've got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you the rest of them. Yeah. But if you don't oh, like yeah. fast five, you have a, you like, you have a problem and you're going to have one with me. Yep. <laughs> I mean, there's like, I still quote this, like the, 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 the only thing that matters is the people in this room, right? Like, I still quote that thing yeah. all the time. Like, I love, like, everything about this movie is just amazing. And five the is the, amount... if you go to church, you don't get any barbecue, yep. right? Yeah. Yeah, the, the greatest. The amount of times I, I YouTube uh, selected scenes of this movie and watch The Rock and Vin Diesel's fight, it's truly oh, absurd. Amazing. It's probably my the, mo- the most watched thing I've ever had on YouTube. <laughs> it's so good. And yeah, if you don't go to church, you don't get any barbecue. Probably, let's just let's just say the greatest written line of dialogue in in cinema history. I'll I'll go that yeah. far with it. Yeah, this one has those like lines. Like I I, I think I'm pretty sure this was the one where uh, Paul Walker is like, uh, Vin, uh, what what do you know about your dad? And then in the theater, yep. everybody started cracking up because they're just like. These people are like in the middle of life and death, and now they're just waxing poetic about dads. Being because I think what's their face, Nia, was about to be pregnant or yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah. It's so silly. It, it 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 was also just every old action movie smashed up and like modernized in such a good good way. I wish I wish they kept this trajectory because we never truly got like a sequel to fast five we got like an elevation so now they're superheroes it's like this one was like the perfect blending of the street level stuff from the original with with stunts that are just beyond now i think we're just we're, we'll never get back to this level but i think that makes I mean, fast five all the like with every movie they make fast five gets better yeah eight yeah. tried it with cars being so integral to the final fight at the end of eight but i don't think really anything as you said melds what made the early and the later stuff work more than than this yeah for sure yeah so what i'm gathering is that we kick pete out of the podcast yeah i think that's how that's that's what i'm pretty sure that's what happens now yeah, and this I guess this is the time for me to say I'm that person that doesn't like drive. <laughs> oh, I was just like, did he mean to say Fast Five there? Um, and it like really freaked me out there for a second. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fast Five is in my top ten. Don't get me wrong. Um, drive mm-hmm. is nowhere near it. Uh, yeah. The I'll say like I I rewatched probably a good like I don't know eight or nine movies for this podcast. And the only one that I really, really wanted to rewatch that I couldn't find streaming anywhere, couldn't find anything for it was red state because that's one that I haven't revisited in forever. And I really, oh, yeah, I, ha- I had it in my initial list and I couldn't find it either. Yeah. And I didn't feel I, like I, stealing it. Yeah. I forgot that existed, <laughs> but I almost don't want to watch any more Kevin Smith stuff ever because he keeps making shit. I hate so much that it's affecting my opinion of his earlier stuff, which I already know I probably shouldn't even like anymore. Right. So he's a director where I'm like, I think the best thing is to just stay away. I want to rewatch Mallrats. I haven't, but I really want to. 
it just, that's it got, the only one I want to rewatch, but yeah. I, I still think Stay Away is probably the best move. Yeah, yeah it's just like Yoga, Ho- Yoga Hosers is just oh. like the kind of move, even Ooh. skills from it, I can tell you that movie's a piece of shit. Yep. And then the second you see anything happening that actually happens in the movie, you're like, this. there's no fucking way this is real. Tusk was I, awful yeah. as well. I mean, like... but and, and Tusk was bad in a way that it's, like, not even funny. Yeah. Right. It's unwatchably bad. Yeah. So it was Yoga Hosers. That's the one where he actually has, like, um, the the beginning where he comes out and does, like, the Terry Gilliam thing of just, like, people probably aren't going to like this movie. Here it is. Oh, yeah. Terry Gilliam did that for what? Uh, Thailand? Yeah, he did it for Thailand. Thailand. Yeah. yeah. Which, which is a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Pete, uh, do you have any tallies for us? I think I know what number one is. Yeah, well, I mean, there's not a lot of repetition. So number one is Fast Five. Yep. Um, I don't. So I guess it's got to be Fast Five, Attack the Block, and Drive. Like those are the three. Yeah, those are the only four. ones that show yep. up on three. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's a tie for four and five. Yeah. Exactly. Everything, everything. everything is is yeah. number four of the year. Seven way tie. Yeah, but I'm looking through like the only I Young Adults. The one I still haven't seen just because. Young Adult came out that weird time in which everyone either liked Juno or is a part of the Juno backlash mm-hmm. so much that uh, what's it's uh, Jennifer's body people hated before they even watched it. Yeah, and then Young Adult was the tiniest little quiet movie that everyone completely forgets because of the the Juno backlash and Jennifer's body. Yeah, but I need to watch it because I like Jennifer's body. Yeah, yeah Jennifer's body has had a a, re, a rebranding and yeah, like the a... general consciousness over the last year or so yeah. that it's actually good. Um, and I do remember it being great, but I can't I can't tell you what month of the quarantine we would have to get into for me to rewatch Tinker Taylor. <laughs> it uh, is, yeah, you know, probably well. Yeah, nice. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. I'm like looking through, like Warrior would be in my top ten. Fast Five's in my top ten. Uh, yeah. um, Rise of the Planet of the Apes is is in my top. Rise 10. of the Planet of the Apes is in my top ten. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think Tree of Life probably would have made my top ten if we went there. Tree of Life was the other yeah. one that I was torn. That it, that was if I had two for honorable mention, it would have been Tree of Life and Like Crazy. Yeah. Has anyone thought about speaking of 2011? Uh, since that's what we're doing, I don't know why I had to couch that. Um, that was weird. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was really weird. Uh. Has anyone thought for a second about this year's Oscar winner, The Artist, since then? Nope. No. no. When I looked at it, I saw that Bam. Like, I enjoyed it and seeing it in the in a theater like Bam, and I've never felt yeah. the need to see it again. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, only... the, the one kind of similar movie that like was going to make my list probably was Hugo. Hugo's in my top ten. I love yeah, Hugo. That's... I, I that's one that I was going to rewatch, and I rewatched Rango instead. So you know, there we go. Yeah. Not Rio, not no, Rio, Rango. <laughs> um, the other, the one I didn't have time to rewatch, but could possibly be in my top ten if I rewatch it is Hannah. Oh, was Hannah that is in my sure. top twenty. I don't know if it gets into yeah. ten. I, was, I didn't really organize it. I didn't. I don't know. If I like Contagion more because of the yeah. state of the world, or if it's <laughs> actually like, or if in like ten years I'll be like, oh yeah, Contagion's still pretty good. Um, same thing. With we Insidious. need to talk. About, yeah, we need to talk about Kevin as one I thought about rewatching, but I was like, I don't want to feel the way that movie yeah. made me feel again. Yeah, I put it in my top twenty and said, let's 
if you feel an overarching urge, sure, but I I don't think I'm ever going to want to watch that ever again. Yeah. Um, one that I think is actually uh, maybe gotten a little bit better over time is the first Captain America. Yeah. Uh, from that year, and I don't know if it would have made top ten, but it was it was I think higher than it would have been maybe at the time. Yeah. Looking through. Oh, movie. Oh, movie that's definitely my top ten. Um, Tomboy. Uh, an earlier film from Celine Sciamma, who did Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's incredible. Oh, nice. I mean, uh, if that's I would have I'm looking at the list that that movie's not going to be 2011. I would have also had... Now, granted, I don't know if this is, like, if, if like, with the wokening of America and the world, if it's still an okay movie to watch, but uh, Almodovar's The Skin I Live In, I've never seen that. Oh movie, yeah, and I thought about it, but I was like, I don't know if I can. Oh, pick it. Yeah, in term, there's That's this a tough one. This year has a lot of that. Like, do we go back and look at this, and how do we look at it with uh, Midnight in Paris, Skin I Live In, The Help? Um, what other like weird time <laughs> time capsule? Like, what how, what do we say about these movies now? That, that uh, totally. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, that Fright Night remake. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I that might be my top. I love the Fright Night. I really liked. I liked it too. I liked it a lot. I think it's so good. Um, X Men First Class is one that I think at the time I would have I liked more, and now it's not good when you rewatch it's, it. It's yeah. actively not good. Speaking um, of X Men movies, oh, good, well done. Oh. We all watched the latest, <sighs> definitely not the greatest, the New Mutants. <laughs> This is how it ends. This is how it ends. I just wish, after all this time, with the weird new new mutants saga, which was supposed to come out what, maybe two two years years ago. ago? Yeah, twenty eighteen. It was supposed to come out in April of two thousand eighteen. Yeah, I just wish I felt something about it. I think it is so. I think it's so easy to just ignore that movie, not because it's overly terrible, but it just like. No. I don't care about anything that's happening. No. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. doesn't make you care. And it's and it's also frustrating that after all this time, I want it to be worse then. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted yeah, I definitely wanted more from it and in some way, either to have it actually be good or to have it be bad enough that you can laugh at. Um this is the kind of movie that like I'm glad we live in an age of smartphones. So I can distract oh, myself yeah. while this is on. It's just nothing. Yeah. Um, Not a what... single thing of consequence happens in this movie, and it, it like there's there's also just the movie doesn't. Und- and this is apparently like the cut we were meant to see. Like this was the like this. There is no release the boom cut. Like this is what they wanted. Right. This so like, have so any this is the... the movie extra stuff in it or whatever like the reason that they kept it for two years and wanted to do reshoots no yeah they never ended up doing those reshoots oh my god no but those reshoots never happened uh so it's like what even let's us let's just say this movie came out in april of 2018 uh so that would have been before dark phoenix and around the same time as deadpool 2 what like you're trying to build up uh, Essex or Mr. Sinister as the next big bad. Yeah. yeah right. but, like, they, they did shoot, they shot John Hamm as Mr. Sinister and didn't use it. 
Oh my god. Really? But it's like you yeah. so if, if if Essex is supposed to be like the big bad <laughs> does he does okay, he does come up in Deadpool two because that's where they're they're keeping the kids there for whatever reason. Right. So I understand linking having these movies come out within a few months of each other. It's um, awesome. Uh, Where is the payoff for that? And it is, I don't remember anything with Essex in uh, uh, Dark Phoenix at all. There, so there's a, what the, there's a, when were you expecting to build this? Like yeah, you're trying to build like this universe, and you're just making dog shit movies with with stupid little. I don't know. I, I don't want to talk. I hate this movie. Oh no! It's it's Days of Future. The ending credit scene of Days in Future Past, I believe, has a reference to. Yeah. Really. Uh, yeah. Right. Days of that. Future Past does, and then we get Apocalypse, which doesn't, and yeah. then we get this and Deadpool. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. Oh, I, I do. Either think... your movies are connected, or they aren't. Yeah. If this movie came out before Dark Phoenix, I don't think I would have liked it, but I think I would be talking like, you know what? This yeah. is a this is a much more interesting idea about where Fox could possibly go with. <laughs> With using the X-Men in film. Totally. Yeah, and it would have came and went, and it would have made eh, some money, but probably not enough. Yeah. It, it um, feels like the first half of a pilot episode, it, a two-part pilot episode of the show. It does. Before yeah. everyone gets recast and completely goes in a different direction. It's like, what is this? Like, I, was, I just don't understand. I was really waiting for, I didn't realize that they hadn't, done any of those reshoots so i was waiting to be like when is Maisie williams gonna look like seven years older than she does right now in like the next scene um yeah. i'm sad that that didn't happen also charlie heaton southern accent come on guy oh it's... it is a yeah. little annoying that they they did treat the same-sex relationship as like a, like kind of like a mystery that you have to hint at which is yeah. something that feels kind of time capsule like you don't have to drop hints that Maisie Williams is gay, she can just be gay. Right. Like there's those weird glances yeah. that are just that are built to be like, hey, I think we need to do extra work so because when a girl kisses a girl, it's not a shock. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And and I think that like the idea of turning like New Mutants into a teen drama is fine. Yeah. Like totally. I think on paper, yeah. like that totally works. works. And like even like, you know, this is the guy that did what, the Fulton Stars or whatever. Yeah, well, oh, that, that tracks. Um, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> so, like, I, I even understand them going with him. Um, but the fact that they just, just choose to make everything so bland and then also not explain a bunch of stuff, uh, it's like... What, do you mean how Lockheed is, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, the doll, but also... Re- and, and like, I, even remember, I even remember saying at one point, I'm like, is Lockheed gonna be real later yeah yeah and if so why wow so this dude, I do think like... Anya taylor joy was pretty good as Ileana rasputin yeah I, I agree. Uh, she, she was the, the only person movie. who was like making choices yeah i i think she's a wonderful actress and i'm so excited she's getting more and more she has like but i i almost think she has like amanda seafried face which is just such a distinctive face but she is there's so much better in different movies about hiding the features that make her so recognizable and i think she can disappear in roles a whole lot more than amanda seafried is able to do and i'm so excited for more anna taylor joy so this this, yeah the director did fault in our stars something stuck in love uh the new mutants and 
The Stand, the upcoming TV series. Directly. Oh, oh, that's not weird. That's, oh. that's a Because that has a great yeah. plot, if I remember correctly. It does. But, yeah, the, the, and like also, I don't want to... The, the, the X-Men Marvel movies have never given a flying fuck about what characters are good or bad or Absolutely. who's related to who or anything at all. But it's like Cecilia Reyes, like that's a character from like the, the early 2000s X-Men run who was like good but wasn't super being into an X-Men and disappeared. Yeah. Like that, like how deep are you crawling through the crates to come up <laughs> with her? And she's not a villain and never was. And it's like, what are you doing? Just make her nobody. Because it's distracting yeah. that it's Cecilia Reyes who is now granted that's not somebody everybody knows, but it's like you you don't use people you, you use people so incorrectly they might as well just be someone else. Well, also it's, it's the thing too where they they couldn't help themselves with like their their red herring about Professor X in this, and they like they wink and nod at it so much it's obnoxious that like they couldn't either <laughs> let this be its own thing or connect it right like they had to say like our benefactor if you know what i mean <laughs> right. like, you know that like it's, it's obnoxious and i that like how how often besides like the last fight against a, a the telepathic bear, bear like did, did anyone really use their powers in this like did this have to be an x-men thing at all not until they not really that was, that was it yeah and it's also like think about who your villain is. Um, a, a demon bear might work for TV. Uh, this is a goddamn movie, and it's oh the bad guy's actually a bear, but actually it's not the bear. It's actually the doctor, but actually it's not the doctor. It's actually uh, this other guy, but actually by the time it's we, just it, it's just not believing in yourself. Like it's just... it's like you can't do that people you can't actually need that much and make it a movie tv can kind of affords itself that ability with villains of the week and an overarching storyline but it's like this is a bad movie that could have been a good show yeah but it's also like demon bear it's also like they're saying so you know how pain and pain and trauma can be used as like deep metaphors in these movies and you're like yeah and they're like well that's what ours is it's like well no it's not you didn't do it you're you're (laughs) do the thing referencing the fact that you could use pain and trauma as a metaphor for like powers and things like and and what you know mutant ability is puberty in in some ways too like but you didn't do it no <laughs> no you just talk about it yeah. and they're like but well, wouldn't, wouldn't it be cool if we did yeah yeah but yeah, you made a movie already so stop yeah. Like, well, what if we went back and did some reshoots? Like, all right. Yeah, we should have just shit this thing out and just walked away. Yeah, as I said, I just, I wish it was worse, though, because it's still just annoying that after all this, this is what we have. Yeah, because, like, I won't even remember this as the worst movie I've seen this year. It's not even going to be in the top five. No, like, yeah. you're not even good enough to be the worst. Yeah. I mean. But that is, in a year where that's Antibellum where uh, Antebellum lives. Oh yeah, so we're. I, I'm very excited for next year that if we're in 2021 when we're going to have the great Antebellum versus Doolittle discussion. <laughs> Ooh, oh. that's going to be fun. I'll actually have to get through more than 20 minutes of Doolittle to have that discussion. Oh my god, uh, you guys have to watch these both of them. I, don't I think do it. that we should end this now. If we're go, if we're talking about Antebellum and Doolittle, I think that you can find us on the web at Move Movie Podcast app. Mo- ah. 
moviemoviepodcast.com. You can find Russ everywhere on all the social medias is Russ Incredible. You can find Peter as Pete, Peter PD on uh, what Letterboxd. You can find me on Letterboxd and Strava as Johnny Tiggs. Alex, you can find by listening to this podcast. Thanks for being here with us. Thanks for listening to us talk about 2011. We'll be back soon, probably talking about Christmas movies. I don't know. I'm just going to throw it out there. But thanks. We'll talk to you next time on the Movie Movie Podcast. Happy Black Friday.